Welcome to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Mauli Chikata, lead pastor at Grace Center. For more information about this message and our church, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244-010868. So we are continuing our study of the book of Colossians. It's been over a month now that we started the book of Colossians. And last week we looked at who is Jesus. We looked at the verse 15 through to the verse 18. We established the fact that Jesus is the image of God. Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is pre-existent. He's eternal. And Jesus is superior to all. Praise the Lord. So, in the study of the book of Colossians, we established the fact that there was a problem in that church. And the church had a lot of false teachings going on. And one of the teachings that was going on in the city of Colossae was, was Gnosticism, which has to do with the belief in a certain kind of knowledge. That knowledge is what brings you to that place of spiritual salvation and Paul writes to this church to to break the hold of this teaching in their minds and you see as believers anytime you read about strongholds you know strongholds when you read Paul and he talks about strongholds strongholds a lot of times are things that have become teachings in the minds of people, teachings that have held people bound in their minds, that have become strongholds. And to overcome these strongholds, you need to counter it with the correct teaching. And so Paul takes his time to counter some of these teachings. And so last week, we looked at Paul establishing the fact that Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Because in, in, in Colossae, one of the things they were fighting was about the divinity of Jesus Christ as to whether Jesus is God or not. And through the word of God, we try to establish, and we have established last week, that Jesus is indeed God. And so this morning we are going to continue from the verse 19 of Colossians to the verse 23. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so this morning we're looking at reconciliation. Reconciled to God. Now, the word reconciliation, pre Reconciliation gives us the idea of instability. 
It gives us the idea of war. It gives us the idea of fighting. It gives us the idea of misunderstanding. Anytime there has to be reconciliation, it's either there is misunderstanding, disagreement, or enmity. When two people are fighting, we need to bring them together to reconcile them because they are disagreeing. They disagree with one another. Or when there is a war, when there is a fight, for instance, when there is a fight between two nations, war at each other, there has to be reconciliation. So the whole essence of United Nations, one of the foundations of United Nations is to bring peace among people who disagree with each other, among nations that are disagreeing with each other, the Lord. So reconciliation brings about that idea that there is disagreement, there is, there is enmity, there is a fight between one another. And we have to bring the two people together. And so sometimes when married couples are fighting, pastors are called in to bring reconciliation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when I say when married people are fighting, the married people started smiling. I was looking at all the faces of the married people. <laughs> you have no idea. I think some of them fought before even coming to church. Praise the Lord. So sometimes when people are fighting to come and bring reconciliation. Now the word reconcile is to bring peace. Simply put, to bring peace. It means to, to, to let the matter be settled. To bring peace. So you take a matter to court. These days, judges don't prefer pronouncing judgment among two parties disagreeing. So, so they, 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 they call some, something alternative dispute resolution, ADR. So the judge will not even look on the matter. He will call somebody who tried to bring peace among the two people so that there will be, this, there will be understanding amongst them. Praise the Lord. And so what the, what the scripture is telling us here is that Christ has reconciled us to God. Christ has reconciled us to God. What does that mean? What that means is that there was a certain level of disagreement between humanity and God. There was a certain level of enmity between humanity and God that required peace. And that peace could only come through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we are looking at reconciled to God and we are looking at four areas. Four areas. Number one, we are looking at the need for reconciliation. Why is there the need for reconciliation? Number two, we look at the means to reconciliation. How were we reconciled to God? Number three, we are looking at the fruit of reconciliation. What is the product of that reconciliation? And number four, we look at the sustenance of reconciliation. The first point, the need for reconciliation. In the verse 21 of the scripture that we are looking at, it says, and you who once were alienated and 
enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. We need that reconciliation. There is the need for reconciliation for humanity because, number one, we were alienated. Number two, we were enemies. An unbeliever is an enemy to God because the unbeliever is living in sin and sin is an enemy to God. Praise the Lord. God hates sin. God hates sin. So he says, you were were once alienated. So that was our nature. The nature until we became born again, until Christ came to the seed, we were alienated. We were enemies to God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And the gift, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The wages of sin. You see, the payment of sin is death. And death is separation from God. In the garden, what happened was that when Adam and Eve went against the will of God, went against the instruction of God, they were separated from God. So all humanity, until you become born again, until you receive the message of Jesus Christ, until you believe in the power of his resurrection, your position is that you are separated from God. You are separated from God. You are an enemy unto God. And that's what the scripture says in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 from the verse 9. It says, much more than having now been justified by his work, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So this scripture is telling us that we were enemies of God. But by the grace of God, we have been justified and we have been reconciled to God and we shall be saved by his life. Praise the Lord. And so anybody who is not born again, the reason we must continue to preach the gospel, the reason we must go out there and minister the word of his grace to all is because anybody who is not born again, who does not believe in Christ Jesus, is an enemy of God. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 tells us that having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. So here we see three things that causes alienation, that separates us from God. Number one is that when your understanding is darkened, when, you're, when you do not understand the things of God, when the light of God is not in your heart, the Bible says that the God of this world has blinded their heart, eyes, lest the gospel, the light of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ who's shining on them. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 1, he tells us that the light shines in darkness and darkness is not able to comprehend it. When you do not understand, when you do not walk in the understanding of the salvation of Jesus Christ, you are alienated from God. Praise the Lord. He says, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. So, we, are, we were enemies of God because we walked in ignorance. Because 
we don't know who we are and we don't know who Christ is for us. And there are many people out there who are walking in ignorance. In ignorance. Who don't know what Christ came to do for you and I. And that it takes only the light of God to bring us up out of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of the son of his love. It says because of the blindness of their heart. Their heart is not able to see the light of the gospel. Their heart is not able to comprehend and appreciate the light of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it is, it is a bad state to find yourself in when you do not know Jesus Christ. And that is why when we come to church, those of us who are born again, those of us who are saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ must come into worship, into thanksgiving, because this was your state. You, your understanding was darkened. You were walking in ignorance. You had the blindness of the heart until you encountered the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's, this is what makes us enemies of God, that we lack understanding. Our hearts are darkened. In Ephesians chapter 2, from the verse 1, he says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the cause of this world, and according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So, a man who is not born again is dead in trespasses and sins. Hallelujah. Dead in trespasses and sins. And God does not dwell with sin. So we were enemies of God because we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead. But the scripture tells us that you he made alive. And he made us alive through reconciliation. Amen. So we were dead in sin. We were ignorant. We had the blindness of heart. Our understanding was darkened. We were enemies of God alienated from the promise the verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 2 gives us our state again verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 2 he says that at that time you were without Christ being aliens of the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world praise the Lord anybody who is not born again who has not received the power of his resurrection in their lives. The verse 12 tells us that you are an alien. You are a stranger. You have no hope. You are without God. Without God. An alien. A stranger. Amen. That is why we need reconciliation. Praise the Lord. It's, it's such a, a dreadful state to be in. Being a stranger. God sees you as a stranger. God sees you as an enemy. You are without God. Titus chapter 3 verse 3 describes the state again. He says, for we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Praise the Lord. It says, You are foolish. 
Anybody without Christ, anybody who doesn't appreciate the work of Christ is foolish. Anybody without God is foolish. Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. Praise the Lord. Disobedient, not walking according to the word and the promises of God. He's a serving the last and pleasures. Serving various lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one. It, it is a very dreadful state to find yourself in without God. And so there is the need for reconciliation. And so we found ourselves in this state as unbelievers. And humanity at large finds itself in this state from all that we have read, understanding darkened, ignorant, having blindness of heart, dead in trespasses and sins, aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promises, having no hope, without God, foolish, disobedient, deceived, walking in various, serving, like you are serving. He says, serving very fast. In other words, you are at the command of anything that is of a strong desire and pleasurable, which is not according to the will of God. You are serving, living in malice and envy, walking in hatred and hating one another. It, it, it is such a disappointing and very destroyed state that we found ourselves in. But thanks be to God. That we who were once alienated and enemies in our minds by wicked works. It says, yet, yet now he has reconciled. Praise be to the name of the Lord. You have seen some of the wicked works we mentioned. Walking in malice, envy, hating one another. Wicked works in the mind. Yet now he has reconciled. Yet now he has brought peace with God. So there is the need for reconciliation because we were enemies of God and we were alienated. And Paul in this scripture is, try, is trying to establish the fact that no matter who you are, you are an enemy of God who needs to be reconciled with God. Praise the Lord. Because there was, there was that teaching going around. People thought by, that by some kind of special knowledge, they were above all. So remember, Paul tries to let them know that Christ is superior to all. And try to let them know that you, you were a nobody. You were an enemy of God. It has only taken the grace of God to draw you closer and closer to him. And now, as believers, we have been reconciled to God. Praise the Lord. So our next point is to look at the means to reconciliation. We've looked at the need for reconciliation. We need reconciliation because of our state. Now, how are we reconciled? How do we have peace with God? How do we enjoy the peace that we have with God? The verse 20 says, And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through the blood of his cross. So the means to our reconciliation with God is through 
the blood of his cross. So the blood of Jesus is what brings us the peace we have with God. You can only become peaceful with God. You can enjoy a good and perfect relationship with God only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is not by our works. It is not by the things we think we can do. It only takes the blood of Jesus to have peace with God. In, in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, he says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, there are certain words in the Bible. There are certain words in the Bible that are very important concerning our salvation that we need to understand. Words like justification. Words like reconciliation. Words like sonship in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Words like adoption. These are, these are words that you and I need to really understand. To be justified. When he talks about justification, it means one who is on the wrong but is proclaimed to be right. And we are proclaimed to be right not by our works, but by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Reconciliation is one who is an enemy, but now becomes a friend of God. So when we say that we have been reconciled to God, we are saying that we have become friends of God. We are no longer enemies of God. There is peace between us and God. Amen. So he says, we have been justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what he's saying. He's saying that we've been declared righteous by faith. When we have faith in Christ, we are declared righteous. And because we are declared righteous, we have peace with God through the same Jesus Christ. So it is always Christ alone and nothing else. Praise the Lord. Salvation is through Christ and Christ alone. He says we have peace with God. You know, sometimes we feel like God is fighting us. Especially when we go through some difficult seasons of our lives. We begin to ask questions. Is God truly with me? Yes, God is with you. God, you don't need to be in a fight with God for God to allow you to go through struggles. For God to permit certain trials in your life. A, a person of scripture, the person who knows what scripture says about suffering and about pain and about trials does not look at what he goes through to determine whether he has peace with God or God is angry with him. The last thing a believer in Christ Jesus should say when he or she goes through trials is that God is angry at me. No. Because if God allows you to go through anything, he has something, he has a purpose for it. And it only takes time for you to understand the counsel and the purpose of God. Hallelujah. And so as believers, we must always walk with the mindset that we have peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And sometimes when we think that there's something wrong with us, God is fighting us. We try to find out what we must do. So it comes back to what must I do to have peace with God? And there is nothing you can do to have peace with God. He says we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to have peace with God is through Jesus Christ. The means to reconciliation, to peace with God, is through our Lord Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, it says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He has reconciled us to himself. God has reconciled us to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The message of the church is that God is at peace with the believer. He says he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So as believers, what God has given to us to proclaim to believers is that we have peace with God. Amen. Many people are looking for peace with God. Many people are looking to connect their relationship back to God. And the only way to connect your relationship back to God is through Jesus Christ. The means is Jesus. Outside of Jesus, there is no reconciliation. And it is God who does the work of reconciliation. It says God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. So anytime we preach the message of the gospel, anytime we preach the power of the cross, what should come to our mind? One of the things that should come to our mind is that the cross is the symbol of the peace of God with all humanity who believe that Christ is Lord. No wonder Jesus said that my peace I give unto you. Not the one that the world gives. My peace I give unto you. Because the peace I give to you is between you and God. The peace I give to you is between you and God. It's a restoration of our relationship with God, where we become the friends of God. We are no longer enemies of God, but friends of God. Praise the Lord. And it only comes once again through Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 13 says something. It says, but now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. The means to peace with God is Jesus Christ. He says, we who were once far off, that was our state. We, need, we were far off. But now, he's brought us near. He's brought us near. How? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's brought us near through the blood and he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So there was a separation between us and God. Remember, even in the old covenant, in the ark of the covenant, there was the outer court, there was the inner court, there was the holies of holies. Only the high priest could go into the holies of holies and he could go there once in a year. But as Christ died on cross through his blood. The Bible tells us that the world that separated the, the, the outer court, the inner court 
and the holies of holies, that partition, it was, it was torn into two, signifying everybody can walk into the presence of God. He is our peace. Hallelujah. So now you don't need a man of God to go to God. You don't need a priest to go to God. Mind you, when they came to present their sacrifices, in the outer court, everybody brought their sacrifice. And then the priest will come and inspect it and ensure that there was no spot on the sacrifice. And you carry it into the inner court. Praise the Lord. And only the priest could come into the inner court. And even the priest, that was his last point. Only the high priest could enter the holies of holies. But now, we have peace with God. So everybody, right from the outer court, we can walk into the holies of holies, into the presence of the Lord, and he will hear us. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, I saw for Bompai Mami, Pastor, pray for me. People running around looking for God through pastors. It, it must end in your life because you have peace with God. Bring a special sacrifice. Bring a special offering. We have to do some, some incantations and some things for you. It has ended. It has ended. Because we have peace with God. Wherever I am, I have peace with God. When I pray to God, he hears my prayer. Because I come through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Jesus has broken down the middle wall of separation. Oh, as for you, God can hear your voice. You, are, you have a special voice that God hears. It's a lie. I, I have an anointing that when I pray to he hears my prayer. It's a lie. We have, all of us, every believer in the cross of Jesus has peace with God. Can I hear an amen? You know why it looks like God doesn't answer your prayer and God answers the prayer of that pastor you trust in? It's because you don't trust that you have peace with God. It's because you don't know that is that the wall is is broken. That you don't know that when you pray to God, He hears you. It's because you don't have faith. You don't trust in your prayers. You don't trust in God. That's why you think that somebody has some special prayer. That when they pray, God can hear. No, we have peace with God. That wall is broken. We can walk into the presence of the Lord. No wonder in Hebrews it says, "Come boldly." To the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is broken. It's broken. There is access. We have access. It is now having been justified by faith. We have peace with God. So access is guaranteed. Our access to God is guaranteed. And when we pray to him, he hears us and he answers us. Amen. We are reconciled. Only through the blood of Jesus Christ. I remember why well, I used to go to some church back in the day. And when it's time for offering, there was an envelope. So, and the envelope had various types of offerings. And one of the offerings was peace offering. You know, in the old covenant, there was, there was this offering of peace. When you sin against God, you go, you give an offering. Peace offering. Praise the Lord. That peace offering is Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said that peace offering is Jesus Christ. And that offering is once for all. And that offering has already been given. That offering has already been offered. And that offering has already been accepted. And the effect of that offering has already taken place. 
So there is nothing again to offer for your peace with God. So we used to take the offering. And they would put the money inside. And then you check your week. What sin you have committed against God. And you take. This is my peace offering. And you take it. And when it is time. You go and lay it on the altar. Peace offering. The altar is the cross. And the sacrifice is Jesus Christ. And that sacrifice has been accepted. And the effect of that sacrifice is available to us today. Hallelujah. Peace of... I just remembered. We have peace only through Jesus Christ and through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. The next point is the fruit of reconciliation. The fruit of reconciliation talks about the effect of reconciliation. In the verse 21 and 22, it says, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So, what is the effect of the reconciliation? What is the fruit of the reconciliation? Number one, is to present us holy. That we'll be holy. Number two, is that we'll be blameless. Number three, is that we'll be above reproach. So let's look at God presenting us as holy. When Christ went to the cross to die for you and I, and through his blood, we have peace with God, that what it produces is that he presents us Holy. And this brings to mind the, the Jewish tradition or sacrifice of peace unto God. And the scripture tells us that when they brought their sacrifices to God in order to bring, to come to tents, to be at peace with God, the priest will inspect and make sure that the, the, the sacrifice that was brought was white, without spot. So you have to bring a white goat without any spot. And so anytime a goat like that is found, it is set apart. It is not used for anything because you know that this goat is meant for sacrifice. So he, he says that Christ presents us in his sight, in the sight of God, as holy, as set apart. The word holy means to set apart. It means that the effect of Christ's reconciliation, bringing peace with us and God, is so that we will set ourselves apart. Amen. That you know that you are for God, for the master's use. You cannot have walked through the blood of Jesus have received the reconciliation with the blood of Jesus and want to live anyway, anyhow. You can't be an anyway, anyhow Christian. You must be a Christian who is set apart unto God, whose life is dedicated unto God. And Romans chapter 8 verse 28 tells us, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. 
for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Hallelujah. Whom he foreknew, he predestined to conform to the image of his son. So you are not to conform to the image of the world. You are not to conform to the image of anybody. You are to conform to the image of Christ. And that involves setting yourself apart for the master's use. You cannot tell, you cannot say that you, you are Christian and you want to live anyway, anyhow. No. You must understand that God has called you, predestined you to conform to the image of his son. Just to those who are called, according to his purpose. God has a purpose for you. And as a believer, God's purpose for you is that you will conform to the image of his son. In other words, in this life, we must see Christ in you. When you have peace with God, we must see Christ in you. That we, we don't say that we have peace with God. I'm, I know as I'm preaching, you have peace with God. Somebody say, hey, hallelujah. I can now do whatever I want to do because I have peace with God. No. He, you have peace with God so that he, you, he will present you as holy, as one who has set himself apart. So have peace with God in order to live the life that pleases God. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, he says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Praise the Lord. We have peace with God so that we can depart from iniquity. Because until we have that peace with God, we will continue in iniquity. Do you understand? You were, we, we read the need for reconciliation and the darkened. We were separated. Now he has brought us near so that we can depart from iniquity. It takes an understanding of the peace of God and an acceptance of the peace of God to depart from iniquity. He has called us unto holiness. And number, number two, he says blameless. 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 The word blameless means without fault. Without fault. Without a thought. So, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he presents us as one. A people who have set themselves apart. And number two, people without sport. So, Christ, through his blood, washes us. What we say, the cleansing blood of Jesus. That's, that's what it means. It means that we have a lot of spots on us. But we still have peace with God because the blood of Jesus washes us. That's the, you see, that's the power in the blood of Christ. Watch this. In the old covenant, when an animal is brought for sacrifice and the spot is found, that animal is sent away. That spot can never be taken off. But as for us, even with our spot, we still have peace with God. Because Christ presents us to God without spot. How? His blood. His blood. So, God looks at us blameless 
God looks at us without spot. God looks at us without any fault because of the blood of Jesus. So the product, my goodness, the result of Christ's blood is that we can stand before the presence of God without blame. And you see, and what the enemy wants to do, what the devil wants to do is to sow seeds of blame in your heart, of guilt in your heart, so that you run away from God. But you see, the peace of God is to draw us closer to God. And so, sometimes when you go out to evangelize and you preach the gospel to people, people say, oh me, I'm a Christian. I believe Jesus came to die. But I want to sort out some things in my life. Before I start coming to church. Amen. How many of you have said that before? Confess. <laughs> it's like you are sick and you feel like you have to clean those spots before you come. The truth of the matter is that you can never ever clean it until you have encountered the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. So Christ presents us as faultless. And the truth of the matter is that as human beings, we can never be perfect. And so, we have peace with God, not because we are perfect. We have peace with God, but because the blood of Jesus presents us. He says, he presents us in the sight of God as a people who have set themselves apart and as a people without any fault, any spot on their lives. Oh, what a powerful blood blameless. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 7 it says, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He presents us in his sight blameless. In, in other words, when Christ shall appear in the skies, we shall be caught up with him on the day, on the last day. Blameless. Without fault. Righteous. Holy. Set apart. Pure. Cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Second Peter chapter 3 verse 4. He says, therefore beloved, looking forward to this, be diligent and be found in him peace without spot and blameless. Amen. The third point is that above reproach. Above reproach and blameless are, are, are the same thing. Above reproach means that you cannot be accused. Unaccused. Unaccused. So, the blood of Jesus gives us access to God where we have peace with God. Unaccused. Unaccused on the last day. Unaccused every day of our lives. No accusation that is brought against us will be able to stand because the blood of Jesus washes it away. What accusation is brought against us, the blood of Jesus will wash it away. That's why every day of our lives, we must thank God for the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus in our lives. Amen. The final point, the sustenance of reconciliation. The sustenance of reconciliation. How do we continue? How do we pursue this reconciliation that we have through the blood of Jesus? 
The verse 23 of Colossians chapter 1 tells us, it says, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I became a minister. Praise the Lord. So here Paul is telling us that he's a minister of the gospel because he first of all heard the gospel and it was preached to him. You see, you cannot be a believer who does not preach the gospel, who doesn't want to hear the gospel. Many people don't like to hear the gospel and we don't want to preach the gospel. So, three things we find in this scripture about sustenance of our reconciliation. Number one, continue in the faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Number two, be rooted in the love of God. And number three, have hope in the gospel. So the first one, don't give up. He says, if you continue in the faith, we must continue in the faith for us to really walk in the reconciliation that God has for us. For us to continue to walk in the peace we have with God, we must continue in the faith. We must not give up in the faith. Praise the Lord. He says, if you continue in the faith, why must we continue? Because there's always elements around that want to steal the gospel from us. That want to cause us to doubt the gospel. Remember, he's preaching to a church that, has a, that had a lot of heresies walking around. People were preaching all kinds of things that Jesus is not God. People were preaching that, that angels were, were important. Even Christ were saying you needed some kind of higher knowledge to be able to be spiritual. And in our world today, there are many things, elements around us that want us to move away from the gospel. So we must continue in the faith. We must not give up in the faith. And some of these things were preached in the church. And even in the church today, we hear things that are not according to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That tend to make us feel as though there is no peace between us and God. I just told you a story of how I used to go to church with peace offering. That is not faith. That is not continuing in the faith. To continue in the faith is to continue to trust that you have peace with God. Is to continue to trust in the blood of Jesus. In Luke chapter 22, from the verse 31, he says, And the Lord said to Simon, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as a wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Jesus said, The Satan has asked for you that he may sift you. Listen to me. There are elements around us that want to sift us from the gospel. That want to take us away from walking in the fact that we have peace with God. From understanding it's only the blood of Jesus that can save you. Today, when you hear preaching around, you may think that you must do something for God to come in your life. Amen. Oh, I said amen. See, sometimes you can hear some messages, eh? You feel like, no, NLS, do something. NLS, I'm not feel something. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, you, it's like 
And some people present it in a mysterious way and it looks like, hey, they are so powerful. You there, you have not reached anywhere. You know, some can preach and when they are done, you are like, Jesus, I need Jesus again. I need Jesus again. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. It is Christ or nothing. Continue in this faith. I said, continue, continue in the message of the gospel that you have heard this morning. That you have peace with God. That you have been reconciled with God. And that the only way to receive reconciliation, to have peace with God, is through the blood of Jesus. Some people can pray. If you don't do some things, eh, some things will not happen in your life. They can mess you. You have to go here. You have to bring this. You have to bring this stone. You have to pray. I was watching some prayer meeting online. They asked everybody to come with stone. Because, because the day eh, 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 Jacob slept in the wheel that he slept on the stone and he had a dream and he encountered and he wrestled with angels and that was his breakthrough. So he must come with stone. The people came with stones. They came with oil and the stones were anointed and they told them, carry it home. Go and put it under your pillow. And they put it and I'm like, hey, what is, where, where is Christ in this? Continue in the faith. People are not continuing in the faith. And unfortunately, it is coming from the pulpit. The pulpit is not encouraging people that it is Christ and Christ alone. But I thank God that this morning, you are hearing this word, that the only way to have peace with God is through Jesus and Jesus alone. I can, I can tell you, hey, if you don't bring that offering, Selassie, that offering will open the heavens for you. That offering is what will give you access into the blessings of God. And the way they will say it, eh? Ah, if you have some money in your account, you just come and drop it on the altar. It is the blood of Jesus and the blood of Jesus alone. So he said to them, continue in the faith. Jesus said, Satan want to sit you out. Simon, but I pray for you that your faith will not fail. You see, most often our faith fails. We cease trusting Jesus alone. We, we, we think that we must do something. But you see, when you are continuing in the faith, it means that you are trusting that it is Jesus alone. And oh, I'm going on. I'm marching on. The higher call. I am marching on. When I'm marching, I don't look back. I am marching on. I am marching to Zion. <laughs> I am marching on. I don't care what anybody says. I am continuing in the faith. I will continue to trust that it is Jesus and Jesus alone. In Acts chapter 14 verse 22, talking about Paul, he says, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Listen to me. Continuing in the faith does not mean that you will not go through trials and tribulations. Continuing in the faith does not mean that you will not have difficult seasons in your life. If you have flown an aeroplane before, you understand what I'm saying? When you are in the air, high above the heavens, there are potholes. You think it's only on road? In the air. That's what is called turbulence. You can be going. And you hear the plane. 
in the air, in the air. Be shaking like that. But they continue. They continue. You have to continue. Before you realize you are down. And most Christians, when we face some tribulation, some turbulence, some shaking in our lives, then we think that, hey, the thing, you must continue. Continue in the faith. Trust in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Believe the Lord. Amen. The next point is that you must be grounded and steadfast. To be grounded and steadfast means you have to walk in obedience. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, it's like him to a wise man. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came. And the wind blew, and it beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. It says, He who hears my words and does them. You see, an obedient child of God is grounded. An obedient child of God is immovable. Mind you, this guy built on a rock. That he is obedient, did not prevent the rain from coming. But he is obedient, did not prevent the wind from blowing. That he is obedient, did not prevent the flood from coming. What Christians think is that the moment I am obedient, the wind will not blow. The moment I am obedient, the rain will not come. The moment I am obedient, the flood will not come. That is a deception. The flood will come, the rain will come, the wind will blow, but an obedient child of God is immovable. We have been deceived. And as long as we are Christian, no wind shall blow. No rain shall come. No flood will come. No, that's not the gospel. The gospel is that the wind will come, the rain will come, the flood will come, but I will not be moved. I will remain. I will continue. I will continue. Praise the Lord. So he's telling them that, listen to me, there are a lot of heresies around, false things around. But continue and be grounded. Walk in obedience. Obey the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Obey the teachings. Help you will look at the false teachings and you will doubt your own faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. The last one is that you must remain in the hope of the gospel. You must remain in the hope of the gospel. You must remain in the hope of the gospel. Remain in the hope of the gospel. Why? It's just are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which we have. The gospel presents us a hope. And a hope, as I always tell you in this when you read about the apostles talking about hope, they are not talking about hope for past, hope for money, hope for marriage. No, they are talking about the hope of the resurrection. If listen to me, that which makes, makes us different from the world is that we have this hope which can anchor 
of our souls. That when Christ appears, we shall be with him. It is appears, praise the Lord. We have hope that after this life, there is still life that we shall be with the Lord. And that comes through the gospel. So he's telling them that. Remain. Know that you are peace with God. And this peace brings hope. And that hope is that when Christ shall appear, we shall be with him. Hallelujah. When Christ shall appear, we shall be with him. And even when we die, we still have hope. Hope of eternal life. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we have peace with God. So when I die, I'm not afraid because through the blood of Jesus, when I die, I shall be with you. That's the hope we have. Hallelujah. I hope that on the last day when Christ appears, I'm peace with God. I've been reconciled with God. So when He comes, I shall be with you. Hallelujah. And these are the things that we need in our hearts, we need to feed our minds with that we have peace with God through our Lord's Christ. We with God unto a life of holiness, unto a life of limitlessness above reproach, and that when Christ appears, we shall be with Him. And we shall continue in the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week with Pastor Mauli Chikata. For more information, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244 010863 to get in touch with our ministry.